We welcome you into episode 11 of the best podcast available. It is Gibbs, it is Gribbs for a second time this week. And going forward, it will be twice per week on the best podcast available. We'll come to you a little more consistently starting next week. Every Tuesday, every Thursday, you'll be able to get the best podcast available in advance of the 2020 NFL Draft. And Gribbs, one month from today, it's the final day of the 2020 NFL Draft. Hard to believe it is coming up quick. And right now, still slated to be an NFL Draft, despite the NFL GMs clamoring, I would say, for that to be moved backwards. The commissioner says, not so fast, my friend. Yeah, and I think there's a couple reasons why the NFL is probably sticking to that. And I think the first reason is going to be similar to what the reason was to keep free agency where it was, because it was basically like, if we delay it now, when are we end, when are we going to end up doing this? And I think that with the draft, you could say, hey, maybe we can get this done in May, but maybe the landscape hasn't changed at all in May. So I think that's that's one reason to stick with the, the same date uh, as of now. And then two, uh, it's a level playing field. Everyone is dealing with these circumstances going into it. They're not ideal. Uh, they're not ideal for anyone in their own general life as it is, but this is just another hurdle that everyone's going to have to overcome. You're, you're going to have to deal with no pro days. You're going to have to deal with no in-person visits, but uh, it's a it's a universal problem. So, And, and I think that that's why the NFL is just going to keep it to, to be the same, uh, and we'll see if it, it changes in the next couple of weeks. I would think we're getting to the point where it's going to get too late to maybe implement a change, but... Uh, I'm planning to be ready for the draft on April 23rd, and I think all these other teams, they're going to have to plan that anyways and, and, and deal with the circumstances that they faced, uh, which they already have dealt with in, in free agency to this point. And I think all of us in our daily lives are dealing with things that we're doing differently than we ever have before. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, Wednesday night as of 6 o'clock, I, I don't know what teams were still open for business, but now no one is open for business. Everything is closed until at least April 8th. And then they will reevaluate at that point. But let's be honest, by April 8th, I don't think we're going to be in a whole lot better situation. I wish we were. Uh, unfortunately, that appears to not be the case looking forward. But taking a look at this with free agency, it was a known commodity. With the draft, it's an unknown commodity. And more so than the Underwear Olympics, the tape doesn't lie. And I, I, more teams going to be relying on that tape from game tape to what they did see at the combine to those 15 minute interviews at the combine. They're going to make the difference as to who gets drafted and who doesn't get drafted here in 2020. Yeah, but th this is going to go and play into the notion that uh, what basically went in the, under the old way when everything was normal, they would mock people like us that would be acting like someone's stock was going up, someone's stock was going down. And you'd hear behind the scenes be like, guys, our board's been set for months. And so that's why it's like a conflicting thing. Like it, uh, we've been told for so long on how this is a year long process and there's so much that goes into it. Well, if that's the case, then this shouldn't be that much of a hurdle for these teams to overcome. It's just going to be all about trusting the tape and more importantly, trusting your scouts. And I think those are the guys that have been putting in the work that have, really been evaluating these guys again it's something everyone's gonna have to deal with so I think we'll be able to look at this months from now and be like who are the winners who are the losers what were the biggest challenges but for now this is just going to be a new experience for everyone yeah it is going to be a new experience and you mentioned it you know these the scouts have been looking at certain players they've had certain regions that they have to cover and they've been doing that for 
maybe two years on some of these players. So there's no shortage of information. The question is when you would bring, you know, certain guys in for those final interviews, we know from past experience, those past, those interviews have really maybe put a guy ahead one way or the other, uh, either put a guy ahead or put a guy behind. So not having those is something that everyone's going to have to adjust to. Listen, I'm glad the Browns aren't looking for a quarterback right now in the first round. I think that would be for the Miami Dolphins, Chargers. Uh, well, Bengals probably have their decision made already. But for, for teams that are really deciding between quarterbacks, that, that, that is where this could really hurt because you want to see them on the whiteboard. You want to see them interacting with people and, and all the little intangible things. But, you know, it, it affects uh, – how, how you think of some maybe some other players as well remember go back to 2018 and the importance that came with Denzel Ward being able to do that pro day in Berea because of the Ohio State uh, connection and the Cleveland area connection I think that went a long way for the team maybe feeling comfortable making him the number four pick even when people a lot of analysts didn't think he should go that high so uh, yeah, it, it's it's not ideal. But again, I'm uh, maybe I'm just get, I'm getting into a no excuses mode because I'm I've been working from home as well, and I know it's different for everyone else. But everyone's doing this. No one. This is not this is not personal issues for for everyone. This is this is an everyone problem. And so uh, we'll we'll just see which teams feel the best about their evaluations, and you know maybe this ultimately leads to teams having some of the best drafts they've ever had. Because they they stuck with their process, stuck with their scouts, and and picked the players that they they really believed on tape were, were the best for their team. Well, and I would think too, going the further the deeper you think about it, that free agent signing period right after the seventh round ends. I mean, if you're a team, maybe you're willing to bet that maybe there's a guy or two in there that you can hide and not take mm -hmm. in the sixth or seventh round because maybe there's not enough tape that people don't know about certain guys that could lead to some big time fines for football teams. I said, maybe if, if, if this was the circumstances last year, maybe Drew Forbes doesn't get drafted. You know, he was the guy that was the, the under the radar guy that maybe was a lot of people's under the radar guy, but maybe teams wouldn't be pulling triggers on, on those guys. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it, it, I do think if there is a disadvantage, it probably is those smaller school players. I, I think it's the, the diamond in the roughs guys, because, you know, maybe you're not willing to take as much of a, a flyer on a, on a guy that someone stands on the table for and, and you wanted to get an extra set of eyeballs on there that you're not able to do. So hopefully it doesn't hurt those players too bad. We've seen some amazing stories come out of these small schools. I mean, even the Browns a few years ago drafted Seth DeValve in the fourth round. He wasn't a combine guy. He wasn't really on anyone's radar. And <laughs> I think that uh, maybe those guys fall by the wayside and you trust all the SEC film you've been watching and just load up on Alabama, LSU, and Clemson players. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see how this unfolds, but it truly is uncharted territory. And, us sitting here and predicting what might happen because of it, it's its just silly because none of us have ever experienced a global pandemic before. Yeah, no, and I would like to not do that again. I'd like this to be a one-time thing. Yeah, you between your panic room, my dogs being locked in a room, and me just trying to get through the day without killing my 15-year-old, I think we're <laughs> right there on everything, unless she's babysitting for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the draft will proceed as scheduled. Conference called uh, this past Tuesday. The GMs voiced their, you know, trying to get things changed. The commissioner said no go. If the owners start to go to bat for it, though, Gribbs, could you see this thing getting moved? Is yeah, that I the mean, only the, way? 
yeah, that's probably the only way. And I, I think that it just might be hard to, to, to rally that group behind this just because, again, why, if you're talking from a perspective of, I don't know if I've ever seen free agency get as much attention as it did this past year because uh, it really was the only show in town. And if you keep the draft set on that date, you're not competing with anything else either at that point in time. Usually, I believe, I know the, the Cavs have fallen by the wayside, so my NBA uh, playoff knowledge is, is off at this point. But aren't, aren't NBA playoffs usually happening during the yeah. NFL draft? I mean, you're not dealing with that. You're not dealing with NHL playoffs. You're not dealing with baseball. I mean, you were the only show in town. You're really the only thing on TV that involved, that is live TV. I imagine if you're thinking from that perspective, you roll forward with the date. And then if you, I imagine there's another hurdle if you're trying to postpone this draft is the longer you postpone this draft is, and then you get into the situation where how do we figure out our OTAs or, or camp or whatever that, that haven't happened. I feel like if you get the draft over with, then you can shift your focus and adapt on, on what you're able to do workout wise with these guys. Once you get them on your team, you don't want to get to late April or late May and be like, we still haven't done this draft yet. And now we have to figure out how to do workouts and everything and getting, getting them in the building. You know, there was a question posed to, I think it was Jack Conklin on the, on the media call. No, I'm sorry. It was Case Keenum on the call with the media this week as the local media got, got a chance to meet with the three big agent signees. And they said, you know, it, do you think the league should allow teams to at least pass out their playbooks? I, they've got to start allowing them to do something from home, I would think, in the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big ch- – I, w- I would be advocate for that as well. I mean, we've, we've found a way to work from home. I feel like obviously everything with the NFL is pretty physical and getting these guys in shape, but we always hear about all the time that they're in the classroom. I mean – Kids around the country are, work, are working online and, and working through things. I think NFL teams might be able to, to start having position meetings on on Zoom like we are, you know, and, and doing and doing different things. So it'll just be a matter of how they go about dealing with those. They'll still have to be voluntary. So it's just a matter of uh, you're just you set up the, the call and all of a sudden you're just waiting and waiting for someone to show up and they don't. But that it still is voluntary up until that mini camp phase. So. Again, this is, I'll keep saying this, this is new, tori- new territory for everyone. So I imagine they're trying to figure out a system that can make this fair for teams. And also, you still have to give that advantage to these teams at new coaches, like that we've seen is having the workouts, being able to start a couple weeks early, having that extra camp. How do you work that into the equation when you're feeling, figuring out all these uh, processes that don't involve teams being together? Yeah, no question about it. All right, e- ESPN's Adam Schefter was on Get Up Wednesday morning. He had a great plan, a great idea. I don't know if it, how it works. I'm not sure it could totally work, but I was totally entertained by it in the fact that he said, just do a different round every day. Seven straight days of the NFL draft. First round on one night on a Thursday, second round Friday, third round Saturday, fourth round Sunday, and so on, through round number seven. Gribs, that's a lot of draft, but – it could make for some pretty entertaining content coming out for seven straight days. See, I, I sort of like that idea. I'll consider it a half-baked idea, but I have a way to make it better. And you got to bear with me. I'm in. First off, it's going to involve a lot of NDAs, a lot of non-disclosure agreements. I think you have the draft. No one talks about it. And then you bring it to TV and you air it in reverse order building up to the first round 
And then can you, can you make it work somewhere where you do the first round in reverse order, building up to the number one pick? That's a lot of non-disclosure agreements. I like it. I think it works. I think it could totally work. Your issue with doing it with Schefter's idea is that no one's going to care about the seventh round and they're just going to want this thing over with. And even in our time with limited content on TV, I think people will tune it out by those last few rounds. And honestly, you might get less attention on those rounds than you would in the three-day weekend. So that's why I, I'm, I'm all for seven days. Just, just give us seven days of buildup to that final round. Yeah. And even if you wanted, I, I think if you could, if you did round one on, on Thursday, round two on Friday, round three on Saturday, and then four through seven on Sunday. Maybe that helps. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just maybe you add an extra day. That might be something that you could find a way to finagle, especially because you're not going to have an audience. I don't know exactly how you're going to set up to make all these announcements. You're not going to be in players' homes. So I, if, if anything, I would break up the first round into at least two days because I think that that would make it more interesting because uh, – I, I find myself getting sleepy and getting tired by those late round picks in the first round on, on, on the first night. Dragging 10 o'clock at night. Uh, and, you know, one of the, the, the NFL's most entertaining players, the MVP of this past season, Lamar Jackson, was like the last pick of the first round and barely got any attention on that first round. Everyone's just ready to move on. Let's go watch Sports Center and let's go to bed. I mean, that was. I, I think you're, as the first round goes on, you, it, people just start to get kind of over it so if you did maybe the first 12 picks one night i i would even break up the first round in three nights that's how i would i would spread it out i'm fine with that but i i'll stick with my original idea of going in reverse order with thousands of non-disclosure agreements that's my pie in the sky agreement my, my pie in the sky idea but the more realistic way to, to stretch this out would be three nights for the first round and then uh the normal schedule the rest of the way yeah all right so free agency is a weekend and before we we've gotten you caught up on, on all the the minutiae that is getting ready for the NFL draft and is it going to happen is it not going to happen it's still on as of March 26 2020 uh one month from now the draft will be over and it is still slated to go on no matter what so free agency we're a week into it a weekend, give me a position that should move up the priority list for this team as it pertains to the draft, and give me a, a position on this team that has moved down on the priority list. Uh, so I'll move up pass rusher because I don't think the Browns have really addressed that. I think you've addressed it by not doing something, which is Olivier Vernon is, is still on, on your team right now. It looks like you're maybe ready to move forward with him at that spot, but even then, you need more depth at that position. And, and there just simply weren't a ton of guys out there that could really help you out that way through free agency. So pass rusher to me is something where you got to come out of there with maybe at least one guy in the first uh, two days of the draft and maybe another, another player in, on, on the day three set of a uh, set of players. So that, that would be the one I move up. And then the one I moved down would probably be, safety I guess but that's maybe because I went into it with thinking you have two guys on your roster that play safety and now you have four uh you positioned yourself to where you probably should be drafting a safety or two but it doesn't have to be someone where you're like okay we we have to draft someone in the second round because this guy might have to start you're not in that position anymore thanks to the uh, reported additions of Carl Joseph and Anderson Dejo so 
uh, I think the Browns have at least put themselves in a position where they don't have to go out and get a safety early in the draft. Yeah, I, I would move up linebacker. I think it was already pretty high, but I, I, I think that, again, there weren't a lot of linebackers in free agency. You, you got a guy that uh, can help you, but I think that there's going to be <laughs> there's still some holes to fill, and, and there's an unknown about Sione Takitaki. We think, we hope that he's going to take that next step. We hope that Mac Wilson takes that next step from year one to year two. But if there's any speed bumps along the way in their development, and the development could be hindered by the fact you can't be in the building till July or August, um, you're going to need a couple of guys that are able to come in and play meaningful snaps right off the get-go. So I uh, Linebacker, I think, would be mine. In terms of moving anything down, I'm not ready to move anything down, not even at safety. I think if that's the best player on the board in the third round, I think you have to go for it. I think you you got to go and you got to scoop that guy up and develop him because you've got guys on one-year deals and they're make or break. If one of them breaks, you're going to need another safety a year from now. So why not get one? on a rookie deal. Give me the one team that you worry about moving ahead of the Browns in this draft into the say, top 10. I'd say it's the Jets. I mean, they're right behind the Browns at number 10. That's the team you've always got to worry about. And I think they have a same, they have the exact same mammoth sized hole on the offensive line at left tackle. I mean, they need, they need one just as badly as the Browns. Uh, they, they didn't really do all that much in, in free agency. Uh, they they need they need that player so I, that would be someone I, I worry about about jumping ahead of the Browns and then maybe another one to throw out there might be the Buccaneers I, I think they could use an offensive tackle there at number fourteen uh, so so those would be the two I would watch out for but the Jets they're lurking there dangerously at number eleven and and that 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 concerns me because uh, especially if you get in the situation that I projected in my mock draft that three left tackles are going in the top nine picks. Uh, that, that could be that could be trouble if the Jets move ahead of the Browns. All right, say they want to move up to number seven. That would be where Carolina is. And I think that's probably the most logical place you move up. I'm not sure Arizona's trading out. I have no idea what Jacksonville's doing. But if you're going to move up, you're going to move up to number seven. What would that cost? Hmm. I mean, I, I imagine I go back to the trade that the Browns made uh, with the Titans back in 2016. That was a similar type of move. It was a 15 to an eight. Uh, and that got, I believe it was a third round pick in that year's draft and a future second. So that, uh, you're, that that's, the, that's the type of uh, uh, ammunition you're needing to, to probably make that kind of move uh, in the draft. And I think for the Jets, uh, if they're going to get the left tackle they want, it would be well worth it uh, in their eyes, I think. All right, I got a feeling the Jets are in a win now or find a new coach mode uh, okay. as they get ready here but, for, for Adam Gase's second year. The good, See, you could look at it this way, though. If, if the Jets move up to seven, that to me makes it more likely that the Jaguars would not take an offensive tackle because I feel like the Jaguars are in best player available mode and you, they, if, if the Jets are moving up to take a tackle, the Cardinals take a tackle, that probably opens up one of those great defensive players that are still being around at number nine. Uh, so the Browns could still end up with the offensive tackle they want, but it's, it's something you got to sweat out. I mean, we, uh, may, we had a couple back-to-back -back years of that number one pick. You didn't have to think about this stuff, but this is the stuff that every other team has to deal with is worrying about 
uh, losing their guy because someone trades up. That's why the Bears gave up a ransom a few years ago to move up one spot to get Mitch Trubisky, even though the 49ers were never going to take Mitch Trubisky at that spot. They were worried about other teams trading into that spot to, to get Mitch Trubisky. So uh, it turned out to be the wrong decision on their part, like a lot of draft decisions are. But uh, to guarantee to get your guy, you got to move up. So if, if the Browns fall in love with a player, I imagine seven is the spot that they would have to look at if they want to guarantee getting that guy. Well, and the, the hope is maybe there's a team or two that gets quarterback goo-goo eyes and decides to move up into that top ten as well. The yeah, more quarterbacks, teams, the better. Like we said, though, on the last pod, I, I'm running out of teams that, that might be falling in love with quarterbacks. There's too many good ones available on the free agency market for me to think there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. Yeah, right now I think there's four teams that you can make an argument in the first round. And Cincinnati picks number one. Right. Miami, the Chargers, the Patriots. Patriots. I mean, that's – and really, are the Patriots going to move up? Or, you know, is a guy like Love going to fall to them? I mean, I, I, that might be worth the wait. I, if I'm the Patriots, I, even though I projected this, I, I just – I can't see a team that probably thinks they can still win now and maybe wants to win more because they, they think they can do it without Brady. I mean, it's just going to be interesting. So I, I, I think it'd be more likely that Jordan Love falls out of the first round completely than, than goes late in the first round. Or maybe someone trades up into the first round again like the Ravens did to get Lamar Jackson. Maybe that happens. But I would have a tough time believing that a team in that region of the draft that wants Jordan Love is just going to sit there thinking that he's going to fall. Yeah. All right. So that gets you caught up on everything as it pertains to the 2020 NFL draft. Wanted to get you caught up. Just all catch our breaths here. We had free agent frenzy. We had two episodes last week. We just put out our mock draft 2.0s yesterday. And just wanted to make sure that we, we go through the lay of the land and here's what's going on. The draft is still happening. How it's going to happen, we have absolutely no idea. That is to be determined. And uh, it will be interesting to see how things play out. If you like this podcast, if you, like, if you want to check out the other 10 episodes, Log on to clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and like today to the best podcast available. You can also check out the video on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash browns. For Andrew Gribble, I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks to Jeff McDaniel for all of his hard work as always. We are back with you next Tuesday. Reminder, Tuesday and Thursday, the BPAs will drop until The NFL draft commences on April 23rd. I'm Jason Gibbs. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available.